We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It is Friday, September 13th, and we have 13 games. Friday the 13th with 13 games. Um, sounds like there's going to be a lot of home runs hit tonight, that's for sure. Um, joined today by my bearded brother, Genifro7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Well, not doing too bad. Uh, winning the Fantasy Draft GVP, which is the only slate that I played on. And I'm getting third, and I'm getting fifth. So I literally just ran out 20 lineups, and... Doing well. Yeah, you um, having a good night over there in baseball, and football went pretty well. And um, you know that game Thursday night games, man, they're boring. I'm actually going to be at the Thursday night game next week, the Titans and the Jags game, going to that game. So, um, so much fun. I'm so excited about that game, Grant. Like, <laughs> I would be. What's Minshew? Uh, I know he's a beast. So. Um, we do have 13 games to talk about here on today's slate. It is towards the end of the season. We got a lot of people, um, injured and, you know, there's been a ton of home runs this year, obviously record breaking year as far as home runs. So it's just been one of those years. We're going to keep grinding it out. Um, let's get started here with Atlanta at Washington. We have an eight total Sorka against Scherzer. Scherzer's a 170 favorite. Um, any interest here, Mike Sorka? I don't think so. I mean, going up against Washington, it's a tough team. He's a below-average strikeout pitcher. He's a good real-life pitcher. Same thing we've saying, been saying all year, though. Upside isn't there. There's enough guy in the lower range, guys in the lower range that I think are better than him and better plays than him. He could end up with an eight-inning, one-run one game, but like realistically, he's probably not going to win you slate. I'm crossing him off of cash, probably. I'm crossing him off of tournaments. Yeah, depending on what the lineup looks like, I'm with you. Um, if for some reason Soto or somebody gets days off or something, maybe I would take a shot. But right now, with what we're looking at, 
And the only reason I, I would think that they, they would get days off is because that, that Minnesota, the game that they played in Minnesota on Thursday just ran really long. Like, so, you know, it is a, it's a travel day right back to Washington. So maybe they give guys days off, but I doubt it. Um, that would be the only interest that I'd have in Sorka. Uh, Scherzer, last time out, he looked like Max Scherzer. You know, nine strikeouts, six innings. Only went 98 pitches, but that was definitely encouraging. Um, you know, that was against Atlanta, same team that he's facing here on today's slate. Like, do we trust Scherzer here at 11-4, or do we play one of these other options in this range? I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm split between the three. They're all good options. I'm going to essentially just make my lineups based off of whichever salary I can fit. I don't have a preference between Cole, Scherzer, and Kershaw at this moment. Like, it's all basically their point-per-dollar – projections are pretty much the same so i have interest in scherzer i have just as much interest in him as the other guys obviously he's looking good he should be able to get up to about 100 pitches now they let him at 100 pitches he's worth the salary just as much as kershaw or cole yeah so um i think there is a gap between cole and scherzer and and kershaw um i don't really love kershaw just because they really haven't been letting him pitch too deep into the game so I think it's Scherzer or Cole if I'm going up towards the top on today's slate. But, you know, there's there's always a reason to play Kershaw. He's a beast. But um, any Atlanta bats that you like here against Scherzer? No. No, it's still Scherzer. They have a, they have a 3.5 implied run total. I mean, I get some of them are cheap. It's not too hard to stack them up, like Freeman and Cunha. Both have cheap price tags. Donaldson's a bit too cheap, but – it's still Scherzer. He's going to go late enough in the game now where he's not going to, they're not going to get enough bad bullpen inning at bats. I'm just crossing, just crossing him off. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't like the bats on either side of this game. Like you can make an argument whenever you want to play Freddie Freeman, um, Rendon, Turner, Soto, but on a 13 game slate, I, I probably don't end up playing anybody from either side of this game. Yeah. Yep. Do you like anything on Washington? Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess that was a set. I mean, I'm segue right into you. Yeah, I, I guess I'm fine with a stack, but that'd be it. Just because they're on such a heater lately. I mean, Soroka's not really a guy that gets beat up too much, but there are enough good flyball hitters. I mean, Adams, Cabrera, Soto, Rendon, Eaton are all big flyball hitters, and like Matt Adams, if he's in the lineup, then going up against an extreme ground ball pitcher that still gives up a bit of hard contact that doesn't strike out lefties at all, like. I'm fine with a stack here. Uh, I wouldn't take individual bats too much, but a stack is very much in play. Yankees and Blue Jays, 10.5 total. Tanaka against Anthony Kay. Uh, Tanaka's a 190 favorite. Any interest here in Tanaka? I mean, he's in play. It's going up against Toronto. He's obviously been in a bit better form recently outside of a start over in Boston. Uh, like, he's been doing well. You don't really have too many guys in the 7K range here today that I really want to play. So yeah, he's very much in play here. He's not my favorite target. I think I'm going to go more down into the five, six K range because I'm probably going to need some price savings, but I mean, he's one of the better point per dollar options on the slate just because he has been in good form recently. And Toronto's obviously a pretty darn high strikeout team. So he's going to draw ownership and you can eat it if you want. I'd rather go other places, but just raw points per dollar than, He's, he's one of the top guys on the slate, I feel like. Yeah, I think he could get some ownership here. Um, I, I don't hate Tanaka, but I like some other options more than I like Tanaka today. Um, one, which is cheaper, and then a couple guys that are in this price range just above him. So 
Uh, just don't really love Tanaka. Anthony Kay, you know, this is a really high, you know, talented prospect with the Mets, uh, was involved in that Stroman trade to Toronto. And, you know, he came out, he made his debut last time out, pitched really, really well um, against Tampa Bay. If he wasn't facing the Yankees, I'd probably have a little interest here in Kay. Um, I, the talent, everything you read on him is is all really solid, but I, I just don't think I can pull the trigger here against the Yankees when they have a 6.1 implied total. Yep, not going there, especially when there's other guys in the 5 and 6K range that are actually worth it. Uh, it's the Yankees going up against a lefty. Not going to end well. Um, let's talk Yankees bats. What do we like here for the Yankees? I mean, Judge is a little bit too cheap. Like, most of these guys are a bit too cheap. Voight's at 4K. LeMahieu's at 4.9, which is about right for him. But a lot of these guys are just too darn cheap. Stacks in play, it's one of the better stacks, point per dollar on the slate if we're not incorporating an ownership. Like, Torres, Judge, LeMahieu, Voight, Ursula, all these guys are fantastic plays today. I'm probably going to have two or three of those guys in cash as of right now. And, I mean – the only reason to go off of them is ownership. It's being played in Toronto. It's a good ballpark against the lefty rookie who has good stuff, but a 6.2 implied run total is just like with their prices way, way too low. Yeah. You know, obviously they're, they're one of the top stacks. Like I do believe in the, the talent for K, but you know, we kind of saw him struggle with, you know, swinging strikes when he got called up from double A AA to triple A when he was with the, the Mets. Um, that could be a thing here. He did, you know, he looked really good in his first outing, but he only had a 7.6% swinging strike rate in that first outing against Tampa. You're going to need more than that against the Yankees here. You're going to need him. You're going to need to miss bats, and I just don't know if he'll be able to do that. I don't know if he's ready. Like, he's a guy that started the season in double A. Like, he's a talented prospect, but maybe too fast here. They're just trying to get him some innings, um, some experience. But um, as far as the Toronto side – if Tanaka becomes chalk, I don't mind looking at the Toronto bats, but if, if it's just going to be one of those spots where Tanaka's not really talked about that often, I don't love him here. I, I just I, I like it for a leverage if Tanaka is chalk. I mean, I like the lefties here. Uh, Smoke, Tellez, Biggio. I mean, Tanaka has struggled quite a bit to lefties so far this season. 228 ISO, 350 Woba. He doesn't strike them out, and all three of those guys are very high strikeout guys. Smoke, 24%. Tellez, 28 BGO 28. So, like, this is a perfect matchup for those three. Outside of those three, it's, they would just be playing a stack just as a leverage position off of a chalky, potentially chalky Tanaka. But the lefties I like on their own. The righties you only throw in if you're stacking them up. Um, moving on. Minnesota at Cleveland. This is one of the games we'll have to see what Roth has to say. There's potential weather here. Uh, nine and a half total. Jake Odorizzi against... Aaron Savell, um, any interest here in Odorizzi? It's a good Cleveland team now. I mean, they got 4.6 implied run total against him. Odorizzi's not quite as good in, for this matchup at 9K. So, I mean, he's a decent strikeout pitcher, but I don't see a whole lot of upside. I mean, I'd rather just find the extra money for Kirsch or Scherzer or anyone else up there. Yeah, you know, for me, Odorizzi, potential weather, 9K probably not going to go here like Cleveland's a team they don't typically strike out at a very high clip either against right-handed pitching so um I think this is a spot we kind of just stay away stay away from Jake Odorizzi he does have some decent strikeout stuff on the season there are some strikeouts towards the bottom of this order with Reyes Bowers Perez but the top of the order they're just patient hitters uh, that don't K a lot so probably going to pass on Odorizzi here 
Svell's been a guy that's been very good um, in the small sample that we've seen so far. He's only 7K here, but he just he gets a really tough matchup, and he's not been throwing over 90 pitches very very often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going up against – I may have interest in him in a different matchup at 7K, especially on this slate, but going up against the Twins, just too tough of a matchup. Yes, he does have a little bit of reverse splits. So far this season against lefties, he's striking out at 27% clip and – like, you know, this line's a little bit injured, but they could potentially have four to five lefties in it. I'm not going to argue with it, but I don't think he makes the cut on any of my lineups, especially with the weather. All right. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, if the weather becomes a thing, uh, there's – I promise you, there's a cheap picture that I like on this slate that we'll talk about here soon. Um, Minnesota Bats, anything kind of standing out to you here? Savelle, um, he's been really good against righties, low strikeout rate. He's struggled a little bit more against lefties, but he's had a better strikeout rate against lefties. Uh, is there any of these Minnesota bats that you want to attack here? Uh, probably be Polanco would be the main one. He's better from the left side of the plate than he is on the right, and he's not a guy that strikes out a whole lot. Him and Rosario would be the two guys that I'd look at. Because, yeah, he writes Vale. He is a much higher strikeout pitcher to lefties, but he's also given up a whole lot more fly balls and a whole lot more hard contact. So it kind of plays perfectly into Polanco's and Rosario's game. But outside of them, not really. Not really anyone else. Yeah, like outside of a stack, I could see a stack here just because you get some cheaper options because there's some injuries for Minnesota right now and we know they can hit home runs. If the weather holds off, like the wind is supposed to be a factor here. Like we could have 14 to 18 mile an hour winds blowing straight out the center. So if if we do see the weather kind of hold off and Roth gives us the go here, like it could be really good hitting conditions as far as wind. So um, I don't hate the stack and kind of the same thing when we're looking at Cleveland, we know Odorizzi is a guy that tends to give up a lot of hard contact and fly balls. Grant, if we're going to have wind blowing out at a good rate here, like that does not really set well with Odorizzi. Yeah. And you said it, fly balls and hard contact, both sides of the plate has been a bit worse for lefties so far this year than righties. And there's obviously a bunch of good lefties in this lineup. So just looking at it from a pricing standpoint, Santana's a little bit too cheap at 4.4 K. Kipnis is way too cheap at 3.5 K. And I don't mind Fran Mill, don't mind, mind Mercado, Puig, or Lindor, but uh, Santana and Kipnis are the two that immediately jump off the page as being great point per dollar values. But you can get if you don't include Lindor in this stack, then you're getting an average of 4K per player for the stack, if not less, depending on who you throw in there. They all have power, and they're going up against an extreme fly ball, hard contact guy with the wind being a factor. Yeah, I really like this stack, but Puig are not Puig. Santana and Kipnis just immediately jump off the page. It's gonna be one of those games too. It's like yellow orange, so all these guys are like two percent owned. So mm-hmm. that's always those are always the fun ones to stack and. Hope the weather doesn't ruin it, but worth the risk reward. Dodgers and Mets, seven and a half total. Kershaw, Syndergaard. Um, Kershaw here, 130 favorite on the road going into New York. The Mets have been playing really good baseball recently. Um, the only thing that concerns me with Kershaw, I love the price of 10-8. He's kind of got a discount from the last few times where he's only thrown under 100 pitches. It's just more of the pitch count thing, Grant. Like, they're being very careful now with their pitching, knowing that they're cruising to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but we're kind of worried about the same exact pitch count with Scherzer. He's going to come in at low ownership. He's a bit cheaper here. Going up against a Mets team that has some strikeouts in a grand motor of them are down near the bottom. 
I get it. I get going with Scherzer, going with Cole instead. Like, a, but he's probably going to – I'd expect to garner the least amount of ownership because of his lower K rate, which has been better over the last month. He's coming into the start on a little bit of a cold streak here. In his last few starts, after dominating for a good month and a half straight, he goes up against San Fran and goes up against Arizona and just doesn't really do that well. Struggled with his control a little bit. Same thing over in Toronto. But that's not really – something he normally does he doesn't walk guys and he doesn't give up a whole lot of home runs um but it's happened in the last few i don't expect that to continue it's a random aberration here and he still got up to 99 pitches in his last outing i could see that happening again making sure that he's a little bit stretched out for the playoffs uh so i'm fine with using him here there's a guy that i like that's a little bit below him probably my favorite tournament pitcher on the slate and we'll talk about him when we get there but I'm not going to argue on on Kershaw. There's nothing to argue outside of pitch count. I made my argument. Um, Noah Syndergaard here. The Dodgers are just good. Like, I don't play pitchers against the Dodgers. I don't play $9,400 pitchers against the Dodgers hardly ever. He put out 12 against this team uh, earlier this season. It's just I don't see the upside. I don't see the ceiling here unless the Dodgers, like, give the night off to a bunch of these guys. I've kind of just given up on Thor entirely which is weird because he's my favorite Marvel character, but like, he's just <laughs> not that great of a, like he's a, not that great of a fantasy pitcher and Dodgers are a very, very tough matchup here. So yeah, no interest in him. Remember two months he's supposed to be activated prior to this game. He's supposed to be back today. So like that, that adds another really good lefty into that lineup. So um, yeah. Uh, it, is it a leverage spot for the Dodgers? Like, it, it, you know, I don't even know if it's a leverage spot because I don't think Syndergaard will get too much ownership. But, like, is this going to be a day we open up ownership and all the Dodgers are under 5%? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, people generally don't like to stack that much against Thor. Um, the problem is it's in New York. It's 69 degrees there. Nice. And it's only 50% humidity. So, I get that they're a little bit cheap and they're going to come in at low ownership. Big field tournaments, it's fine stack. It's not great, though. Like, the weather and the ballpark kind of get me off of what I would – a stack I would normally be on in this situation. Yeah. Um, I like the pricing, though. Like, you know, Bellinger's 5K. Yeah, that's still expensive, but he's not as typical 55-56. Jock's up there. Muncy's up there. But, like, Seager and some of these other guys, their, their pricing is actually kind of nice. So, you know, maybe you mix and match it a little bit. Maybe it's the back end of a stack, but um, I have zero interest in the Mets bats. You know, Pete Alonso, you can always play, but I don't think I'll play him here against Kershaw. Yeah, right there with you. Baltimore at Detroit, nine and a half total. Aaron Brooks against Jordan Zimmerman. Real pitching matchup right here. Gosh, solid pitching. Woo. With some potential weather, too. Like, this is everything we dream of when we open up this slate and get, you know, Baltimore versus Detroit. We can play just about anybody against Detroit, but I don't think I'd play Aaron Brooks against them. I will. <laughs> I will. He's for- I'll do it. He's 4,300. He's just trash. But the dude just not too long ago put up 27 against Washington and 16.5 versus KC. He's going to come in at almost no ownership. And, I mean, just – I am not. I can't even remember what his AAA numbers were, but this is essentially a AAA team right here. They're trash, 26% uh, K rate in their lineup, which is actually probably higher because majority of their at-bats, like majority of the guys in their lineup that have a lot of at-bats are 
the ones with lower strikeout rates. So this is a 30% K rate lineup here going up against a mediocre strikeout pitcher that's just not very good. And what he really struggles with is giving up doubles and home runs. He's got a 240 ISO on the season here, but the, the Tigers have a 126 ISO on the season. They're not good. They're terrible. Brooks is super cheap. They don't work the count. He can go later on into the game. I hate Aaron Brooks. He's one of the worst pitchers in the league, but this is literally a perfect matchup, perfect price, perfect spot where you want to get up to Cole. <laughs> uh, gosh. All in on Aaron Brooks. All right. Well, I hope it works out for you. Um, any interest in Zimmerman? No, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> I like this game stack. I, I like I, all these guys are really cheap. So if you want to build like a, you know, Cole Heaney lineup or something, you might be able to do it if you game stack this game. Like this could be one of those games, Grant, that's just really ugly, but scores like 13, 14 runs. Yeah. It very well could. And like I said, Brooks is not great, and the Tigers aren't great, but this is still baseball, and anything can happen. I definitely prefer the Baltimore side a little bit more than the uh, – a lot more than the Detroit side here. I mean, they actually have some power on their team. They have some decent bats. Like, Zimmerman's terrible to lefties. You got Santander. You got VR. You got Dwight Smith Jr. in there. Like, even Reese and Cisco are not bad. Like, you have some bats that can actually do something. And they're all – cheap they're all super cheap here i really like the baltimore stack i don't i don't want to i really don't want to stack any detroit players i don't want to play any detroit players even against aaron brooks they're going to get some ownership people immediately think this is fine gosh i'm just talking myself into more and more aaron brooks as this podcast goes along really wish you wouldn't have had me on tonight my bad um my bad uh, Oakland at Texas. And honestly, I'll, I'll play anybody that's cheap in that Baltimore-Detroit game. Like, I'll probably use it as, like, three-man stacks on the back end or even four-mans uh, on the back end of another stack just to make my pitching work. But I'll play anybody from either side. I like the Baltimore side more than I like the Detroit side. I'm with you on that. You get the power upside of the, the, the Baltimore bats. There's not a lot of power uh, for Detroit. My favorite Detroit bat would probably be, like, Christian Stewart. Um but yeah, it's ugly. But it's just it's cheap guys. Um, and then we go to this next game where we're expected a ton of runs again. Like Bassett against Burke, eleven total. Um, Oakland has a six-run implied team total here, and I don't think I, I definitely don't want to play Burke. But do you have any thoughts here on maybe Bassett? I mean, the weather's not good. I prefer a lefty going up against Texas. Yes, the, there are a decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup here, but. I don't know, I generally don't play Bassett too much. He plays more to his ballpark. Like, a lot of his numbers are because he's playing over in a great ballpark. He has decent stuff, but he realistically, he's a league average pitcher paying in one of the worst ballparks to play in in bat hitting conditions. Just put up 30, but it was against Detroit. You never know exactly how late he's going to go in the game. He could go 90. He could go 115. I don't think I'm going to play him at all. Yeah, I don't either. I, I like this. I like the bats in this game. Let's start with Oakland. Um, I'm guessing you don't have any interest in Burke. No, no, just play Brooks instead. I actually agree. I would actually play Brooks instead. Like Burke hasn't been terrible. Um, you know, for the most part, this would be his fifth start now. 
the thing is, like, this Oakland team is very good against lefties. They're, there's like, They have a lot of bats um, that are good against lefties, and they can go very right-handed heavy here. And we've seen so far the ground ball rate has definitely decreased for righties for Burke. Um, uh, this is a spot that I think that he might just get blown up. Yeah, yeah I definitely think he got the 6.2 implied run total. Makes entire sense here. The prices are pretty high in this game, but if you play Aaron Brooks, you can get him in, and you can get some Coors bats in too. Uh, Chapman's the guy that jumps off the page, him and Chris Davis. Davis just because he's still cheap, and Chapman just because he absolutely mashes lefties. 300 ISO, 350 Woba, or 370 Woba. Um, Simeon's fine, but it's tough to pay 5.4K for that guy. I don't know if I can stomach that. Canna, decent play. Olsen still has decent numbers versus lefties and like we don't have a huge sample size for Burt but he doesn't really have stuff that is really going to give him massive splits so he's it's fine playing a lefty against him just tough to pay for these guys people are going to go with cores and sets so you're probably getting him a lower ownership yeah like why is Chapman 46 and Semyon 54 that makes zero sense but let's take advantage of it um and you mentioned Pinder. I like Pinder as well. If he cracks the line, I didn't mention Pinder, but well, you I didn't should. mention Pinder. You should have. I, mean, I just get so angry because I never know if he's going to get pinch hit for. Well, I know exactly when he's going to get pinch hit for every time I roster. That's right. So you didn't mention him, so you don't play him. Um, I hate paying up for catcher, but Sean Murphy, ever since he's gotten called up, has, has shown a little bit of pop. And if I'm stacking Oakland, I, I definitely wouldn't leave Sean Murphy off my stack, um, even if he's batting like eighth or ninth here just because he seems to have some power. And if everybody's stacking Oakland, don't be afraid to stack Texas here. Um, Bassett, when he has struggled, it's been more with fly balls and hard contact to lefties. And, you know, Calhoun, Mazzara, Odor, there's plenty of lefties here in this lineup. Yeah, I mean, I don't even mind playing righties against him. He does get a decent amount more ground balls, but he's still giving up 40% hard contact rate. That hard contact rate doesn't really matter too much when he's playing out in Oakland, but it's a completely different thing when it's over in Texas here. So his numbers being way better versus righties, like don't expect that to be that true in a type of matchup like this. So a guy like Solak in there, not a bad play, but like you literally have six lefties that you can play also. So play everyone except for Andres, who I've just given up on playing, unless you just really want to round out your stack and you shortstop. Fair enough. Um, we continue to move on. We got the Brew Crew and the Cardinals. Hauser against Wainwright. Wainwright, a slight favorite here. Um, any interest in Hauser? Yeah. I, is he going to be the chalk on the day? I would. I would guess so at fifty seven hundred. I. Yeah. I would highly. I would highly think so. Hey, look at his overall numbers. They're good. St. Louis is not that great of a lineup. He's only 5,700. 4.2 implied run total against him, one of the lowest on the boards, and he has one of the lowest price tags. Above average K rate, good ground ball pitcher. He's going to be the chalk. Um, I'm going to use a decent amount of him, even though I'm I'm just going to eat the chalk unless I really decide to go all in on Aaron Brooks, which, gosh, all right, let's move on from that. Yeah, Hauser is one of the best point-per-dollar plays on the entire slate. Yeah, I, I agree. He's he's my favorite cheap pitcher on the slate. Fifty seven hundred for a guy um, that sets up as a really good matchup. Like my only issue is the same issue that we have with all the Brewers pitchers. They don't let him go deep into games. But he's fifty seven hundred. I don't need him to go out and throw seven innings. Like go out and throw five good innings and put up twenty points at fifty seven hundred. I'm super happy. 
And you get the narrative that it's the first game for the Cardinals outside of cores. So you get that narrative as well. That's always a fun narrative. Um, and, you know, the Wainwright on the other side of this game, obviously this lineup took a huge hit without Yelich, but they can still go so left-handed heavy, heavy that I, I just don't think I'd play Wainwright here. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing a 3.9 implied run total for the Brewers here going up against Wainwright, a guy that always struggles versus lefties. Like, there's so many lefties in here. I mean, I guess none of the lefties really walk at a big lip outside of Grandal and Moustakis. We could potentially – I don't hate him for tournaments. I'm just not a big fan of him. Yeah, I don't like him at all. Like, I, I think that – Grisham probably bats leadoff here. Grandal will be in there. Moustakas, Thames, Gamble. Uh, enough lefties that I, I think they give Wainwright enough trouble. Um, I, I'm just off of him here. Not saying that I'll go out and stack against him, but I don't mind any of the cheap lefties here. Uh, the problem is none of them are really that cheap, but Moustakas kind of stands out at 4,500. I mean, I don't like buying into Vegas implied totals too often when it goes against what I believe, but there's something sneaky happening here. I'm going to full on fade to Milwaukee. I like the fade call. I do. Um, the Vegas total is definitely scary a little bit. I, like I said, it'd probably be Moustakis. I don't ever hate playing Grandall either. Those two guys don't think I'd stack Milwaukee here. And as far as St. Louis goes, if I'm playing a bunch of Hauser, I probably won't play St. Louis, but there is leverage here because Hauser is going to have plenty of ownership. Yeah, I understand the leverage play. It's just not a spot I'm going to be going. Nope, I'm with you. I don't think I. I don't think I. I'll just eat the chalk, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Houston at Kansas City. We got Garrett Cole against Danny Duffy. Eight and a half total. Cole is a minus three eighty favorite. Um, I think we all can agree that he's probably the safest pitcher on the slate, but that's probably why he's the highest price pitcher on the slate too. Yeah, he'll probably be the highest-owned high-priced pitcher on the slate with Hauser being the chalk on the other side. I'm still fine with eating it. Casey's not that great of a lineup. There's a lot of bad bats in here, and Cole strikes out lefties more than righties. Strikes out lefties at a 42% clip, and you have the likes of Gordon O'Hearns, Gloria Phillips, and Nicky Lopez and Mondesi in that lineup. That's outside of Mondesi. That's not a whole lot of great lefties here. So he should absolutely shut them down. You really don't have to worry about Solaire, Dozier, and Witt. And Solaire and Dozier strike out a massive clip. As as we've gone on this podcast, I think Cole's my favorite. But if if he's going to drop that much more ownership, I'm fine with pivoting over to Scherzer or Kershaw. Yeah, I love Cole. Um, he he's he's the spend up option for me today. I agree. I don't hate playing either one of those other guys, but you know, even like Mondesi has a 29% K rate on the season against righties. So like Cole, Cole has the ability. He has double digit strikeouts in eight of his last 10 games. Like, you know, this is a spot that I I would look for double digit strikeouts from Garrett Cole. And I think we see it. Um, Danny Duffy on the other side of this game, it's an easy pass, right? Yep. Um, Houston, another team that you can look at. There's plenty. Today's really interesting because we have two potential really bad pitchers pitching in cores. I guess Luke Casey's not terrible, but he's not been great. And then we got Jeff Hoffman. So, like, we have bad pitchers in cores, but there's, like, three, four, five, six spots that are good pivots off of cores today. And even in an eight-and-a-half total, Houston's almost pushing a six-implied total here. Yeah, I almost prefer Houston to either the cores. Uh, teams. 
yeah, it's just Houston's very, very good. It's not a great ballpark, but it's not a terrible ballpark. Um, Duffy's not a great pitcher. The bullpen's bad. Houston's going to go much lower own. Their prices are similar to Coors, so people are just going to immediately go to Coors. Yeah, love Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Yuli. Don't mind Alvarez or Brantley. Even though it's lefty-lefty, they're still going to get a few innings of a bad bullpen. I don't expect Duffy to make it that far into the game, and it's not like he's great versus lefties either. He has a higher K rate, but he has about the same ISO, about the same Woba versus lefties here. So stack them up. You're going to get lower ownership in course. I have zero interest in Kansas City. Like 2.6 implied total. Yeah, no. Not good. It's 2.9, Stevie. They're almost at three. Almost getting close. Padres and Rockies, 13 total. Joey Lucchese against Jeff Hoffman. Lucchese is a slight favorite here. Um, any interest in either pitcher? Nope. Suck bats here. Padres have been kind of rough. <laughs> the lineup is rough. Like, What do you do with the Padres in course? I mean, it depends who they end up rolling out there. I mean, Machado, Hosmer, Myers, Naylor I like, Hedges I like. I'm not really a big fan of Martini, but I just don't play that guy anymore. I haven't for like a year. But his price tag's cheap, 4K for a guy that might be batting second. I mean, we'll have to see what lineup they end up rolling out. But Hoffman's just such a terrible pitcher that you can go with anyone on the Padres. A full stacks in play, it's still Coors. They actually are projected to win because Lucchese's the better pitcher. But they, they their lineup's not great, but Will Myers is the only guy priced over 5K in Coors. You can, get an, you can play a full five-man stack for an average of about 3.7K in this game over on the Padres side. They're not great hitters for the most part, but you can do it. Like, pricing is going to make a lot of them fairly chalky with Garrett Cole in the slate, so I'm fine with fading him. But there are definitely some bats he can play in this game, and I'm not going to argue with a full stack. Yeah, it's cores. You know, you're not going to – you don't even need home runs in cores. They're just such a big ballpark in general. Um, as far as the Rockies go, I think Arenado is one of the best plays on the entire slate. Story right up there with them. Desmond right up there with them. Uh, those are the three righties that I want to attack in this lineup. Yeah, I mean – KC, sinker ball pitcher, curveball pitcher, Arenado and Story crush lefties, especially in course. So does Desmond. I don't mind playing the lefties against him. KC's been much better versus lefties so far this season, but like his out pitch is going or his main pitch is probably going to be his changeup, which isn't going to be that great against lefties. So play the lefties or the righties. Arenado and Story are clearly the top two guys, but I'm not going to argue with Murphy or Blackman. Yeah, Desmond, forty three hundred. That's a that's a really good price tag there. So, Cincinnati at Arizona, eight and a half total. We got Luis Castillo against Mike Leak. Uh, Castillo's a slight favorite here. Um, any interest in Castillo? Very little. I mean, the other guys above him are just better. If there's no way to get up to Kershaw or Scherzer or Cole, Castillo's going to have a lot lower ownership. He's fine, but this isn't a particularly high strikeout lineup here. There are some guys that are a little bit patient. It's not the greatest ballpark. It's not a bad ballpark by any means, but I think you're just better off paying up for one of the other guys. I don't mind Castillo. I uh, just I don't like the price. Like you said, like it's so much. It's so close to just going up uh, to some options up there. So 
I, I like Castillo. I like this spot for him. I, I think the Arizona lineup is kind of watered down right now. Really, all you're worried about is Marte and Escobar. They're dealing with some injuries. So, I think that, you know, I think this is a spot Castillo could pitch good. He just dominated this team less than a week ago in Cincinnati. So, like, the, obviously he could do it again here. And then Mike Leake on the other side of this game, I don't ever play like Mike Leake. He just doesn't have any strikeout stuff. He's a guy that tries to generate fly balls and ground balls that don't get hit over the fence. I don't hate the move just because he's 6.6K and the way the slate is. I prefer Hauser. I prefer Aaron Brooks. But honestly, not a – there's one other guy in the same pre- – I'll just say now, BD is a much better play than Leake. But if you don't want to play BD, you need to get in the 6K range. Leake's probably the way to go. I would much rather play BD. Um, oh, yeah, much rather play BD or Hauser. Uh, Cincinnati Bats, they're hitting a ton of home runs as we're recording the podcast right now. Um, thoughts on Cincinnati rolling it into Arizona after floating up on Seattle? Oh, gosh, yeah, I just lost like two grand. <laughs> I didn't mean uh, to like – sorry, I just kept getting alerts that they're hitting home runs. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh, well, things happen. Um, yeah, Cincinnati, they hit home runs. Mike Leak throws strikes. He gives up hard contact. It's fine. Yeah, like Suarez, Aquino, Van Meter, Barnhart. If Dietrich is back in there, um, he's cheap. I don't mind him. Like, yeah, I would look for the cheaper bats here and probably use it as like a, a three or four man at the back end. Because, like, Dietrich and Van Meter are really cheap. That allows you to get Aquino and Suarez. So, you know, nice little nice little four-man stack there. Yeah. Uh, anything on Arizona? Uh, no, not against Castillo. Rojas is still cheap, but I probably – there's a lot of value that we've already talked about that I'd much rather have today. Um, moving on, we got Tampa, Adelaide taking on the Angels. Charlie Morton against Andrew Heaney, um, eight total. Morton's a one thirty-two favorite. Uh, any interest here in Morton, um, knowing that Otani um, out for the season, and it sounds like Trout's going to be playing here. Yeah, if Trout's playing, I think I'd rather go up to Kirsch or someone else here. I mean, Morton's fine, but he's never really going to go that late into games. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just I. I prefer the other guys. It's that simple. I'm probably not getting 30 points out of Morton in a matchup like this. So there's no reason to go with him because on a good day, he'll give you 30 points, but I can get that from multiple other guys or I can get a cheap guy probably getting me 20. Yeah. I don't really love Morton. Um, you know, this team, there are a little bit more strikeouts now, like Otani's going to be out of there, so Walsh might be playing every day. And, you know, he's a guy that has been striking out at a very high clip in a small sample. But there are a little bit more strikeouts here. I just I just don't love this spot for Morton. Um, I, I do love this spot for Heaney on the other side of this game, though. Like, Tampa's a team that struggles against left-handed pitching. He's a guy that can go out and get a bunch of strikeouts. Like, he's wild at times. He does give up home runs. But I love the upside in this spot for Andrew Heaney. And I think he's going to be really low-owned um, in this price range because of all the other options. Yeah, I don't mind that call at all. We all know that he can put up a massive outing at any point. And this is kind of a team that's similar, better than Texas, but similar to Texas in a way that we always like to target lefties against him. And he's a guy that can that destroyed Texas twice in a row. So in a similar type of matchup, it's just a slight downgrade. I could see him putting up a 10-strikeout matchup here. I like that call. 
Yeah, he was that tournament guy that I was saying is one of my favorite tournament plays on the slate if I'm not going up the pole. So, yeah. Um, I don't really like any of the Tampa bats. I think Travis Darnot is always in play against the lefty if you want to play him. I wouldn't even hate playing him and Heaney on the same team together, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. Um, But, yeah, I don't think I'm playing anyone outside of Darnot. It's just like everyone else either doesn't have power or has too high of a strikeout rate. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, as far as the Angels go, if Trout's back, you know, he's had plenty of time to get ready. Um, I would expect him. I would not expect him to be back unless he was 100%. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for them to bring him back. But they did leave Otani in the lineup while he still needed Tommy John. So, you never really know. I mean, they still got season ticket holders. But, yeah, if he's in the lineup, then you can use him. He's probably 100%. But outside of him, I mean, I don't have any reason to use any of these other guys. I probably wouldn't play Trout here, just so everybody knows. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you can always take a shot As on a tournament Trout. play, it's not a terrible idea. Right. Like, any guy that's coming back from injury is already going to have lower ownership, and he's 5.1K. So he's already going to have lower ownership because of that and all the stacks on the slate. So, And he's facing Morton. Like, you're probably going to get Trout 5 to 8% owned here, and that's always I'd a good I'd probably guess less than that. Yeah, well, then even better. That's always a good number to get Trout on then. Um, White Sox, Mariners, Dylan Covey against Yusei Kikuchi. Nine and a half total. Kikuchi's a 144 favorite. Um, any interest here in Covey? No. No, I mean, I get there's 4K going up against a high strikeout Mariners team, but they're worse versus lefties than they are versus righties. There's actually some decent bats in this lineup here. So, I don't – I mean, Covey's just not good. Yeah, um, and he struggles with lefties. And as bad as this team is, they're going to throw uh, so many lefties at him. And his walk rate and his strikeout rate are almost identical against lefties this season. So, you know, even as bad as the Mariners are, I don't think I can take a shot on Dylan Covey today. And then you say Kikuchi. There's a lot of strikeouts in the White Sox lineup against left-handed pitching this season. I don't think anybody can really argue that. Um, but I just – I probably won't do it. He is 5,400. Yeah, he's in play, but I think the more likely outcome is he gets destroyed here. Um, Me too. Like, I mean, we have a similar type matchup that we had over in, when we just crushed in Toronto. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he's in play. He's in play. He's a decent pivot off of Hauser. But I don't know if I'm going to end up going with him. It's just there's so many strikeouts in this lineup. I'll wait and see what lineup they end up throwing out. Um, White Sox bats, anything? Stack them up. Kikuchi gives up a lot of power, and this team has a lot of power, and Kikuchi's not a high strikeout guy. They can hit the ball the ballpark here. Moncada, Anderson, Abreu, Jimenez, McCann, even Castillo. Play any of those guys. Stack them up. Like, it's a stack or fade spot, really, for me, but I, I, I like the White Sox stacks today. It's kind of a cheaper stack uh, if you leave, like, Moncada off and you go Abreu, Anderson, and Don't all the cheap Moncada guys. Moncada off. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I was just trying to think of how to do it. They're they're not as cheap as I had thought, but they're okay. I mean, just throw Castillo in instead of McCann. You got a 3.3K catcher. And throwing in a guy like Cordell or Engel or um, Sanchez in there, whoever's at the bottom of the line, if you're going to get a super cheap guy, so you can go with 
three bats plus a catcher plus a really cheap guy and actually stack up decently cheap. Uh, what are we doing here with the Mariners against Kobe? Stacking them up. I really, really like the Mariners stack today. I mean, the White Sox bullpen is not great. Kobe just is not very good versus lefties. He's not good versus righties, but he's terrible versus lefties in every single aspect of it. So Seager, Navarez, Vogelbach, all very much in play. All these guys are a little cheap. I don't mind throwing Nola and Tom Murphy into the mix here. Both of these guys can hit for power. They've shown it more towards lefties than they have righties, but Covey's not a very good pitcher. So, yeah, stack of the Mariners. They're one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate. And uh, they could be classified as a vomit stack for our boy Blender. Um, they can, in fact, be classified as a vomit stack. And Kyle Lewis has like a thousand ISO versus righties this year. And six at-bats. Crushing, crushing. <laughs> All right, last game on the slate. We got the Miami Marlins and the San Francisco Giants. Eight and a half total. Sandy Alcantara against Tyler Beatty. Beatty's a 150 favorite. Um, any interest here in Alcantara? I don't think so. I don't want to pay 8.1K for him. If he's a little cheaper, I think I'd take a shot on him. I don't think he's the worst play if you end up in that price range and you want to play him. I don't think he's the worst play in that price. Um I would probably try to upgrade bats and go down or, or something along those lines. But I, I like Alcantara more than I like Bassett, Wainwright, Tanaka, Luke AC, those guys. Um, and and I mean, then, like, yeah, you're playing him because he's in San Francisco. But let's be honest, Miami's not that much worse of a ballpark for pitchers than San Fran is. Yeah, but Alcantara is not a bad pitcher. He's not a great fantasy pitcher, but he's a good real life pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. 8.1K is just too much. No, I agree. That's what I said. Like, I would rather play Tyler Beatty on the other side of this game, a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact, ton of fly balls, but has a 24.6% strikeout rate against righties, and he's probably going to face five or six righties here. And they- Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Miami's terrible. It's a very, very good ballpark. Beatty's not a great pitcher, but he's good enough with strikeouts, and he's good enough overall for this type of matchup and this type of ballpark. Beatty – Outside of Hauser, I think it's going to be the second choppy, chalkiest cheap option here. So I'm still fine with using him. I'll pivot to Aaron Brooks because I'm just a glutton for punishment at this point in the season. But, yeah, BD is the better raw points, point-per-dollar option. Um, any interest in the Miami Bats? No, not in San Fran. Not ever generally, but not in San Fran. Uh, any interest in the Giants' Bats? You're right. Sandy's a better real-life pitcher than he is for fantasy. The price tags on him are a little bit enticing, but at this point in the season, we have more than enough cheap bats all over the all over the place. Stacking a San Fran team and San Fran is probably not worth it, even though it is vomit stack and you can get them super cheap. I'd rather go with a team like the Mariners at cheap price tags. Mariners, Detroit, Baltimore, any of those teams, I think. Don't um, say Detroit. Uh, I'm just listen. I would rather I would play Detroit over the Giants today. Really? Oh, I'd much rather play the Giants than Detroit. Oh, jelly beans! All right, let's um let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a a, a guy under eight K to get six or more strikeouts today. You know my answer, Aaron oh, Brooks. All right. Um, I will take Tyler Beatty. That's the smarter play. Hauser or Beattie would have been the smarter play, but 
Yeah, I don't want to take Hauser. I think he's going to be the most popular pitcher. I think BD be up there too, but uh, whatever. Uh, over over 8K to score under 15. Cindergard. Oh, that was my guy. Um, Bassett. That's a cheap out, but I'll take it. Uh, over 4K to hit a home run that's not in course. Oh, gosh. I really should have been more prepared for this. Um, I'm going with Chapman. I don't think you've ever taken my guy two times in a row. Oh, wow. Let's see if I can go for three. Um, I'll take Kana. All right, let's see if you get it. Four Under 4K to get two hits. Oh, gosh. This is tough here. I think I'm going to go with Kipnis. Yeah, that wasn't my guy. Yeah, and I kind of just pick him every time. I'm going to take Dwight Smith Jr. Oh, I, he would have been like sixth on my list. Uh, I, I'm all I'm regretting for punishment with Baltimore today, but it's Jordan Zimmerman. How bad can it be? Give me a stack to score six or more runs. The Mariners. Uh, all right. I'm going to say Baltimore. I just said it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like Oakland, too. Those are the two teams. I think Houston's a good pivot off course. Um, I think the Yankees are a really good pivot off of course, but plenty of ways to go in this slant or this slate, Grant. Um, hope you, you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Play Aaron Brooks. On that note, we're, we're definitely going to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, if you didn't check out the morning grind podcast for football week two, it's up in the podcast section here at Rotor Grinders or on the morning grind iTunes feed. You can also find the early Epic Week podcast with Grant, Dean, and Travis uh, that they give their first thoughts on the football slate as well. Plenty of content here for football, baseball. We'll have some NASCAR content for Sunday night's race. I'm sure we have a bunch of other content for other sports, the college football package, all that stuff here at rotogrinders.com. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. See you, kids.